This is an ABC podcast. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. So we know that more Victorians than ever before, and many for the first time, are asking charities for help to be able to either feed themselves or to be able to put food on the table or maybe in their children's lunchboxes. Now, those charities don't just magically have food ready and waiting with an endless supply of staples, fresh food and veggies. They rely on the generosity and the hard work of others. Teams of volunteers and community-driven individuals who want to help to make a difference in other people's lives. And one of those is Second Bite. So Second Bite distributes the food that it rescues from over a thousand charities and community organisations free of charge. And then these organisations provide food relief to people, to families in need, whether it be hampers, pre-prepared meals, maybe even a community pantry. And this year, the ABC is proud to be supporting them as a part of our ABC Gives Appeal. Good morning, my name's Rochelle Hunt and today I have the privilege of being at the Second Bite Warehouse. I'm currently... You guys need the round of applause. So I'm currently sitting in what would be the kitchen staff room. But already this morning I've met drivers, packers and volunteers. I've walked into some of the largest cool rooms you could ever imagine, full of chicken, cheese, fresh fruit and vegetables. There's been pallets of dry biscuits, orange juice, milk, you name it, all being packed onto trolleys and placed into vans to be delivered to waiting community groups who then feed their locals who need it. I spoke to just one worker this morning and I said, what do you love about working here? And she said, my job matters. I make a difference. And that's what it's all about. But the fact is, we can all make a difference when it comes to Second Bite. And a part of the ABC Gives Appeal, we are trying by the end of the month to raise $250,000. At the moment, we're sitting on 7,460. So I'm setting, I love a challenge, right? And so I am setting you, the listener, at home a challenge. Over the next hour, between the hours of 11 and 12, what if we could raise just 1%? Now, 1% doesn't seem like much, but 1% of a quarter of a million is $2,500. Don't worry, I actually had to Google that and do the maths to figure out it was right. And it is right. So if by the end of the hour, we could raise 1% of that, if we could raise $2,500, the amount of meals that it would provide would be incredible. Just to give you an idea, just 30 bucks provides 150 meals to people in need. So today you are going to meet one of the co-founders, you will meet the COO, you will also meet volunteers and those who give their hard-earned products to Second Bite in order to make all of this happen. On ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Good morning, my name's Rochelle Hunt and today we are live from the Second Bite Warehouse. We are out at Heidelberg and it is a well-oiled machine, I have to say. There are trucks coming in and out. We have got volunteers, we have got drivers, we have got food being delivered in order to be sent out and given to community groups all across Victoria. I think that was a truck just going with a little beep beep set. Beep beep. Good morning. Let me introduce you to Simone Carson. Simone Carson is the co-founder of Second Bite. And Simone, it was back in 2005, yourself and Ian, you saw food at your local market that was going to waste at the end of a trading day. At the time, you were actually a registered nurse and you were working in paediatrics. You were at the Royal Children's Hospital. But one night, you loaded up your car full of that produce that would have gone to waste and you delivered it to a local charity. Yeah, that's right. It's a long time ago now, 2005. And um, Ian and I, in that um, initial stages, we actually uh, started collecting from a couple of restaurants in the city and they cooked up. They said, look, we won't give you the food that's left over at the end of the day. We'll cook up a big um, 20 litre container of soup. And, we'll, and we picked that up and took it um, to one of the local charities in the city. But uh, having grown up in Melbourne and shopped at the Paran Market, I knew that there was food being thrown out at the end of trading. 
and I went to them and said, if we could collect that food, would you be happy for us to take it? And they said yes, which is a pretty amazing thing really because they work very hard and it's their income. Um, and they trusted us and we went along to the local charity. They left a key out. They told me where it was. We unlocked the charity. We put the food into their um, kitchens and storage facilities and we turned up week after week. Um, and very quickly, word spread. The drums were out and um, we were being asked to collect more and more food that would have... It's perfectly good food. Yeah. Food that we would eat ourselves. It was nutritious. We've had a focus from the beginning because at that time, no one else was really doing what we were doing, which was to find fruit and vegetable protein, those sort of building blocks as really nutritious food, um, eggs... Um, and meat and make sure that it didn't get thrown out, that it ended up at a local charity that had a food program of some kind. And how much did that then change what the charity could offer and what they could do? Because the the win-win effect snowballs so greatly, doesn't it? It it certainly does. And, I mean, at the time we weren't sure if there was a lot of food being wasted. We also weren't sure if the charity partners who had these incredible food programs actually needed the food. We didn't really understand how complex this situation is, but a charity will use food, not only are people hungry and need to be fed, Mm. but they'll use it as a way of bringing people in. And once the people um, who are doing tough will come in and collect the food or sit down and have a meal, it builds community. It provides a safe place. It provides an opportunity for those who are having a really hard time to perhaps have some wraparound services provided by the charity. So we provide the food free of charge. So the charities then can use the money instead of having to go and buy the food. They can employ someone who can provide medical assistance. They can provide social worker support to ask, where are you sleeping tonight? They can ask, um, are you getting your pension? Do you know about how to apply for a pension? And also really important, I remember being down there a couple of times and just seeing someone having a conversation with them providing that sense of security, that safe place, and importantly, joy. You know. Well, one of the community groups that is a recipient of your food, who we're going yes. to meet in just a moment, and I spoke to him off air, and he said, what we're about is connecting people. Exactly. And Because if you don't have that connection with people, and so often, let's face facts, most of the time it's done through food, yeah? That's, That's right. where you, even if you don't sit down and eat with your family overnight, if you all kind of scoff in front of the television or whatever it might be, you don't connect with your family. You don't figure out whether or not they've had a good day or a bad day or what's happening in someone's life or all of those little so things true. that make a difference. I really think that's so important and I think it's sometimes people forget that food is that sense of community. We all love, if we, we may not all sit down and have a meal together every night no, as you say. No, not. We're not the Brady Bunch. No, but, you know. no, but we come together for Christmas, Easter, um, you know, all the various religious ceremonies, all the important parts yeah. of our, we celebrate. And often us. food is at the centre of that. And it gives us joy. It gives us a chance to connect, to have conversations, to laugh, to tease. So what does it mean for you then, as one of the co-founders, to walk today into this warehouse where we are at Heidelberg, to see the well-oiled machine of the forklifts coming in and out, to see the pallets of food out in the back, to have the cool rooms the size that they are, and to know, to be honest, that you've outgrown this warehouse, that you actually need a bigger warehouse, and we'll go into that in, in just a moment. But it just started one night, you and Ian loaded up the back of your car with fruit and veg and a pot of soup and look where you are today. It's, um, well, back then I think we collected in that first year 600 um, kilograms in that first year and last year it was 25 million kilograms of food. Congratulations. Now, Round of applause. <laughs> well, that's to the whole team. That's everyone in, involved um, sitting around here today. Um, but I think, look, we, we do what we do for a reason. We do what we do because food is being wasted, but most importantly, the need has increased significantly. Um, and we were, back then in 2005, we didn't really understand that equation as well. We all, we knew there were people who needed food. We knew that there were agencies that had food programs and could probably um, be, be grateful for the opportunity of not having to buy that food. Um, and we knew that it was important. We were in a drought at the time, actually, and water is an important part of food production. So we knew that it was important for our environment that we do something about that. But now there's 20, um, this year, 
Uh, there's one in three Australians experiencing food insecurity. That means they don't have regular access to food. Yeah. Um, last year it was one in five. So in 12 oh months, it's gone from one in five to one in three. That's a significant increase. So it, that's why we do what that's we do. And I set the challenge at the beginning of the yeah. program. So across the board at the ABC, as a part of our ABC Gives Appeal, by the end of the month, we're trying to raise $250,000. Here on this program, by the end of the show, we're trying to raise just $2,500, 1% of that. Lots of texts coming in saying, how do I do that? Well, it's easy. If you just go to the ABC website, if you go to abc.net.au slash vicgives, there's a donate button there and you can donate. So if you just go to abc.net.au, slash Vic Gives and if you go it's got all of the details and you can donate there. Many messages talking about how they can help wasting food, fast food outlets okay. like McDonald's. I must throw out a lot. Maybe they could join this campaign, says Chris in Ferner Creek. I don't know whether they're necessarily wanting fast food to be a part of it, but they could donate financially. There could be exactly. other ways that you could be sponsors as well. This 1% rish of $250,000 is a primary school maths question. Perhaps we need a program on maths literacy in adults. Thank you very much. I don't think that's really the point today. If you have been a recipient of Second Bite or maybe you're a community group that somehow benefits from Second Bite, then we'd love to hear from you. This is The Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. Good morning, my name's Rochelle Hunt and a special program today is a part of the ABC Gives Appeal. We are at Second Bite and today I'm at their warehouse in Heidelberg where all of the happenings, where the magic happens, where pallets of food come and go, where all of the produce that is donated then gets delivered to community groups. Over the course of this hour, we're trying to raise just 1% of the $250,000 that we are trying to get by the end of the month. The way you do that is ABC .net.au slash VicGives and you can donate there. So I'm going to give that again, abc.net.au slash VicGives. At the moment we're sitting on around 7,500. Let's try and increase that over the hour. Our number is, oh, okay, we've just been given... This is exciting. I'm going to pass this over here to you, Simone, because, of course, we have the co-founder, Simone Carson, with us. So we've just been given a donation that's come through for $1,000. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Right Thank now. you. Thank you so much. So, so that, that's it, a lot of meals. So that is a lot of meals. And someone who will know exactly how many meals that is, is the incredible woman that's sitting beside you, who is the COO, Lucy Cowan. Lucy, you are a logistics specialist. You're a supply chain expert. You've worked a lot in the world of agriculture. It's going to be incredible to be able to pick your brain a little bit today. $1,000 has just been donated. That's an incredible amount of money and a huge amount of generosity from someone. What, what does that mean in reality for Second Bite? Good morning. That means an enormous amount. So we do about five meals for the dollar here at Second Bite. So that's 5,000 meals right there in $1,000. This has given me whole... Yeah. So 5,000 meals has just been donated by someone who is generous enough to... And the truck that just left before, we met David, we might even have a chat to him when he's out on and doing his deliveries. This was a 14-tonne truck. Within that truck, there is 14 pallets. What does that equate to in meals? So at its most or at its highest level, it's 28,000 meals. So 28,000 meals have just left this warehouse. Yeah, absolutely. In one truck. It's amazing. Do you think that people can kind of get their heads around, this is food that would have otherwise been thrown out? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is hard to get your head around. Um, a pallet of food to me is, you know, up to a tonne of food. But for, for other people, what does that mean? You know, that's 2,000 meals per pallet. That's 2,000 people that can eat something nutritious and, and good for them every, every day off just one pallet of food. So for us, um, a truck like that is worth about $300,000, which is a huge investment. But we can move 14 tonnes of food um, every time that truck leaves our warehouse. It's incredible. So if we were to raise the $250,000 by the end of the month, which we're hoping to, that would get you very close to another truck that we've just seen leave here. Yeah, absolutely. And and that truck can do many, many things. It can deliver food to, to charities that um, have meal, meal programs. It can drive out to Bendigo or Shepparton and work with farmers and pick up food and bring it back so that we can distribute it um, around Victoria. 
It's an incredibly useful piece of equipment for us, um, but mostly it just shifts large volumes of food so that people can eat. So your background is in supply chain logistics, which on paper, right, sounds really boring, but I've, and I say that with utmost respect Come and on, love, trucks right? Are exciting. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> We're right into logistics. That's no, what we do. No, but the interesting thing is that all of us throughout COVID and throughout lockdowns, all of a sudden... The average person was using words like supply chain logistics because we realised how quickly they broke down and how much we rely on supply chain forces in order to get food from A to B. The supply chain logistics of something like Second Bite, and to be honest, just seeing the you know, the dance that is this beautiful dance that happens within this warehouse here to get food out. There would be a lot of logistics behind the food that comes to you. Is the food in good enough quality? Does it need to be refrigerated? How long can it be on the floor? How far across Melbourne and regional Victoria can that food go? There must be a hell of a lot of supply chain logistics in what you're doing. Yeah, look, we're about 80 people across Australia um, with Second Bite. About 20-something of those are in the office here that are support, but everybody else um, drives a forklift, drives a truck, goes out and works with agencies. So there's there's 60 people um, in our organisation across Australia who spend all day thinking about where things are going, how do we pick them up, how do we move them, how do we get the biggest impact with that kilo of food. And making sure no, we don't create waste. Yes. It's a big part of what we do is making sure, you know, f- the f- supply chain is complex, very complex yeah. in terms of making sure that it moves, that the food is protected. We don't want to add to the waste issue. We don't want, to, we don't want our agencies that we deliver the food to having to deal with waste as well. So Absolutely. what Lucy does and her t- and the team, very important. And so quite often when people think they're doing the right thing and donating, it may not be exactly what you need and it may not not always help the situation, which is quite often why people and organisations and charities ask for money as opposed to product or produce, because the last thing you want, and I say this utmost respect again, is something arriving on your doorstep that you don't know or can't do anything with, and then you have to spend time and resources and money dealing with that. Predominantly at Second Bite, what do you need? What helps you feed people? Money helps us feed people. It's as simple as that. So you're right. Um, People will often donate food to us or leave it on our doorstep and unfortunately that's often after hours and that ends up in the bin because we don't know where it's come from. But $1, $10, um, the $2,500 that we're trying to raise in this hour, that's 12,500 meals. I can do more with a dollar than I can with a can of food. But we do like to hear from food producers. Absolutely. So perhaps if we don't get food dropped to us... But if there's a grower or a producer who is manufacturing food and we could have access to that, that's a really important mm. conversation to us because then we can, we can pick and choose yeah. and we can arrange for food to be um, delivered to the agencies in the best manner and the best way. Now, I knew that Conversation Hour listeners were pretty incredible, right? That goes without saying. But can I just tell you how incredible they are? We're not even at half past 11. I set the challenge of $2,500 by the end of the hour. So far, through the generosity of Conversation Hour and ABC listeners, we've raised $5,917. So the tally total is up to $13,377. Thank you. So to everyone that has given, if it's $10, $5, because that's the thing, you think, well, I don't know if I can afford it or I don't know if I can help. Those small amounts matter. You are on The Conversation Hour. My name's Rochelle Hunt and today we are live from the Second Bite Warehouse out in Heidelberg. With you is Simone Carson, who is the founder, the co-founder of Second Bite and Lucy Coward, who is the COO of Second Bite as well. Can I also just say how great it is to have women at the top oh, of this organisation, just a little quietly on the side. Now, you rely on so many different producers, uh, distributors, supermarkets, small shops. There are different brands, I have to say, that I saw in your call rooms and little places that I just checked quietly, went, okay, I'm going to remember that I saw you at Second Bite, so the next time that I go to the supermarket. Well, one family business that has always been a part of Second Bite, who I have to say my 10-year-old daughter was very excited about me meeting today, (laughs) is the family business and the wonderful I guess, family team that is Josh's Rainbow Eggs. Tamsin Murray and Josh Murray, a warm welcome to the Conversation Hour. And I want to say a warm welcome here to Second Bites 
outlet and distribution service, which of course you would know. Mm-hmm. You donate how many eggs to Second Bite, roughly? Do you know? We've donated 120,000 eggs. 120,000 <laughs> eggs. <laughs> hard to sort of donate. They're delicate little suckers in order to get them to and from. We're, we're good at transporting eggs. <laughs> yes, yes, we have gotten used to that with time. And they're very good quality eggs. They are. Thank you. They're Thank yummy. You. Well, Josh, I'm not joking. Hand on heart, I said to my daughter last night that I was coming here and she said, who are you speaking to? And I said, well, we've got Josh's rainbow eggs coming. She said, are you meeting Josh? And I said, yes, I am. I did also say to her that you started your business when you were nine years old. She's currently 10, so she has to lift her game a little bit and start to uh, get a social enterprise happening. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how Josh's Rainbow Eggs started. Yes. Yeah, so I started this business back when I was about nine and a half. I was homeschooled at the time and I had a lot of energy, clearly still stuck around, but I also had uh, some greed. Right, <laughs> which is funny based on where things have gone. But uh, Lego had a very, very good run in uh, 2008, 2009. A very strong Star Wars collection released, and uh, Lego is very expensive, as I'm sure parents listening to mm-hmm. this are aware of. And uh, my parents were generous enough, you know, birthdays and Christmas, but I uh, wanted more, and so. Shout out to my dad. Who, go start yourself a business. Exactly, son. right? Is I go to him and I say, this thing is coming out, this thing is coming out. And he, you know, uh, got some strong value, said no chance. And um, you've got to go sort it out yourself. And so, you know, I tried making pies, sponges, jam. I, I was really looking. And I uh, ended up, my mother said to me, if you take care of the chickens, you can sell the eggs. And that is how Josh Rainbow Eggs you know, Congratulations. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. from the very beginning, Tamsin, was it important? Because I know that you've got a, a really strong ethos in the work that you do, mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the PhD that you have, the, the way that you give back to communities, not just here, but globally as well. Right from mm-hmm. the beginning, did you know that a percentage of Josh's Rainbow Eggs had to give back to a community, to a charity in some way? Um, well, I'd say in the beginning, I was really focused on Josh and wanting him to learn, you know, the right principles and be disciplined and care for animals. And the business grew. I mean, Josh makes the joke that he, you know, he created a full-time job for his mom <laughs> because suddenly I was working, you know, so much. But I think for for me, it, it there was a, and it was, I remember it really clearly, there was a day in February in 2017 that was a particularly hard day, like things went wrong on the farm like they can do. And and I was feeling really at loss, you know, why is this so hard? And my husband, he, because he knows me so well and he knows how I'm very purpose-driven, he said, I think you need to focus on giving, not on making money. Because he said, if you wake up every morning and you know that what you're doing is so that you can give more, you most probably will enjoy yourself a oh lot more. Goodness. What a beautiful thought yeah. to have. And so, so it really changed things because then when I looked at growing the business, I wasn't terrified. <laughs> I was actually going, wow, if we grow, we have more capacity mm-hmm. to give. And, it's, and literally as a business, you know, the more eggs we put through our grading room, the more we can actually then give to you know, people who Imagine need it. Imagine if the world worked yeah. like no, that. Kindness. And that, uh, the harder I work, the more I make, the more I'm able mm. to give. Lucy, as someone that is in like the world of supply chains and, and logistics, it's often very corporate. Uh, it's very important to our economy as Victorians. We rely on supply chains more than we actually care to realise because if it breaks down, our economy breaks down. How important is the idea of the bigger our business is, the more we can give? How does... Does that change everything? Businesses like Josh's Eggs are absolutely integral to us. And the way that they think is very different to, to many businesses. Um, the, the idea that as you grow and that growth isn't scary because out of that you can give more. Um, the relationship with Tamsin and Josh started out as a, a relatively simple conversation. And now for us, not only are they giving us eggs every week, and 125,000 of them, to be exact. Um, They're running programs to raise funds for us. Um, We work with them in the back of Coles stores to make sure that no egg goes to waste. There's so many ways that 
we can work together and that the ethos of the two organisations combined with our friends at Coles um, benefits the community. Because that's a flow-on effect, isn't yeah. it, Simone? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a flow-on effect. I just, I just want to pick up on that idea of the conversation too around these issues. I think it's really important. You know, one of the things we ask people to do is to have that conversation at home, start talking about um, what, in whatever way that you can help in your street. Sometimes I have boxes of fruit from people's gardens, you know, planted stock on my door. And, and you've got to get in with my neighbour and her <laughs> yeah. lemon tree just yeah. quietly. <laughs> well, we do. That's exactly right. And and what you can do is not just let it rot on the ground and, you know, what you can do with with what you're doing. And mm-hmm. so you're, so jo- Josh's eggs are providing nutrient and healthy food for so many Australians who are doing it really tough. They're helping us. Mm. in very significant ways. But your conversations and your way of thinking is really It changes and it snowballs. It You're changing our community. Lots of people mm. saying, how do I donate to the Second Bite fundraiser? It's easy. You go to the abc.net.au slash VicGives website and there'll be information there on how to donate. So it's abc.net.au slash VicGives. So we've raised over $10,000 in 25 minutes. $10,000 in 25 minutes. That is incredible. Let's just keep this going. If, if you want to donate, you can go to abc.net.au slash VicGives. Today, the Conversation Hour is live from the Heidelberg Warehouse at Second Bite, where we've got drivers and volunteers coming in and out. We've been in and out of the call rooms. Let's talk about what $10,000 means to you guys for all of our generous listeners that have donated that in just the last half an hour or so. What does 10K mean? 10K is 50,000 meals. 50,000 meals. Absolutely. It's, that's just absolutely blown my mind. I, I thought two and a half thousand in an hour. <laughs> thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, because 10... we fundraise. We're not, yes. um, we rely on, we provide uh, the food that we um, give to the charities. We give it to free. We're not asking anyone to pay for this food that we move on. So um, we have to fundraise and we really, really are very, very grateful to everyone out there. For every, every dollar that's donated is five meals. Mm. That's five meals. And every donation over $2 is tax deductible. And I hope the people who are giving are feeling that they're really making a difference. So thank you. Mm. It must help just finally, Josh and Tamsin, with your business knowing, as you said, the bigger we get, the more that we can give and that shift and that drive. I love that. I will, I will remember that for the rest of my life, honestly, <laughs> because it does. It changes your perspective on what you're doing and why you're doing it. And the fact that now the bigger and the busier that you get, the more people you can feed. Mm. Well, and I think our customers, they, they're um, seeing our brand and knowing that we give in our brand is a really important part of them buying our eggs. So we're actually having conversations with our customers. We talk about it on our socials about what we do in the community. So I feel like we spread that word, and especially with Second Bite, in terms of how important you guys are and how much we love to support you and we want them to support you too. Well, I think the interesting thing about your your brand and your family business is it starts at the chickens. Yeah. So they are the best kept chickens you've ever seen in your life. Oh, I, I would Lovely. like to go and live there. So the way that they treat their animals and the way that they treat people in general is the ethos of, of the family. It's, um, it's not just about we'd like to give some money. It's about everything that they do. So I think thank it's... Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it, it's, every, it's the core of what you are and who you are. And I think that's why we love working with you because <coughs> it's all the things that matter to you matter to mm-hmm. us. Congratulations. And if I don't get a selfie with you, Josh, before I leave my nine-year-old, we'll absolutely kill me. Thank you so much. You're on the conversation hour. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Maybe your community group has been a recipient of Second Bite or maybe you have had to reach out to a community organisation and receive donations as well. We started out trying to raise just $2,500. We are well and truly over $10,000 at the moment. Let's keep that going. We've raised $13,000. Thousand one hundred and seventy-seven dollars. What a bunch of legends our listeners are! You can go to abc.net.au/slash/vicgives. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. 
good morning and today the conversation hour is live from second bite we are out at their warehouse in heidelberg lots of messages talking about the incredible work that not only you do but those groups and organizations and businesses that donate like josh's rainbow eggs many saying i actually buy them because of the social justice aspect Mm. that they have and i then share that story with my children and that's what we're talking about is that flow-on impact that it has I'm with the co-founder, Simone, and I'm also with the CEO, Lucy, of Second Bite. Before we meet our next guests, who are wonderful recipients of the work that you do, we've seen how quickly Second Bite has grown over the last couple of decades to the point where you've outgrown this warehouse and with any money raised and, you know, with some, hopefully some lots of funding from state government, you can move to a bigger warehouse. Does that then mean that you started to outgrow the supply chains? And Lucy, I'll put this to you. When we speak, we speak a lot to farmers, uh, to Farmgate, and we have a a strong agricultural uh, aspect to our program. And we know that there is an obscene amount of food that's going waste within at farms at the moment. And it's breaking farmers' hearts, whether that be livestock, or whether it be produce themselves as turning into cattle feed as opposed to either making them money or going on to the the tables and the dinner tables of families around Victoria. Can that next step be made to go direct? Yeah, absolutely. So about 30% or 3 in 10 of anything that's grown grown or made, um, manufactured, ends up in the bin um, in Australia. So... The biggest single area uh, where we can tap into to, to feed more people in need is at the farm gate or the factory gate. We've got lots of people like Josh's Eggs um, that help us out. So we have um, Montague family give us um, apples. The cute tree family um, give us uh, nectarines and stone fruit in summer. It's amazing the number of people that give us food. But yes, absolutely. Um, we may well be um, starting to hit the ceiling here in mm. Heidelberg, but the next facility that we go to will mean that we can double what we do really easily. And that means we can go out to farms, we can go to factories. Um, our friends at Buller, as an example, um, they're amazing. They donate not only money, but they donate food um, that's excess to need. And How tricky is it, though? There's one, you know, we've got... David, the truck driver that's heading out to one of the distribution factories at the moment to go to a major supermarket. That sort of seems to make sense, right? Yep. Yeah, you yeah. have an organised, you have it that your excess food all gets to the back of the supermarket, whatever it may be. Dave picks it up. When you're talking about farms, that's yeah. a whole other level again. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, an example recently was um, there was extra citrus in Mildura. Mildura is hours and hours of driving um we don't have the drivers or the trucks to to go that far and to make it worthwhile so we would need to to use third-party logistics um you pay for that by the pallet um and that's a really expensive thing um so at the moment there's no incentive for growers through tax or donation or anything else um to donate to us or to to pay for that out of their own pocket so it literally it comes down to funds raised if we raise the funds, we can go out and, and we can get people to bring us back. What sort of incentive would work? Because I'm sure, like, I haven't met a farmer that I didn't love, right? And they mm-hmm. wouldn't want... They don't want their produce going to waste to begin with. They don't want it to become cattle feed a lot of the time or just to rot on the land. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of them financially are going backwards and not forwards. So what sort of incentives would work so that that produce, that excess produce, could end up here in the warehouse at Second Bite? We're actually talking, so between ourselves, Food Bank and Oz Harvest, we're, we're talking to the federal government about some tax incentive changes, which would mean that if you're a grower or a manufacturer and you're um, remote from us, um, you can claim some of the cost back. So you're right, if I'm a grower and I've got extra avocados, I don't, I don't have the money. If I don't have a market for it, I don't have the money to go and um, pick it, pack it, sort it, send it. Um, if there's nothing on the other end. However, if you can work, if we can work with the federal government to change the tax laws, it means that it would be worthwhile for people. And um, this to has put it on happened overseas, hasn't yes, it? Yeah, there are some countries. I mean, we're very lucky in Australia. A lot of this has all been done without legislation. We're, what we're doing, we've just been just doing do it. it. We're I doing it. Do it first and beg yeah, for yeah, exactly, later. <laughs> exactly. And that's how this um, the sector has grown up. Um, but overseas, there are some laws. 
that have been put in uh, around this, but also some tax incentives, and that's made a, a, a significant difference to the donations and support for farmers and growers. Also, um, in some states in America where things are pretty tough, they've been um, offering farmers um, some support to grow two crops, so one crop that you sell and one crop that you might give wow. to a... Wow. Could you imagine a, if that's how we worked? I know. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. amazing. Um, how would that there. take, realistically, in to, to change that? Because that's a cultural shift as well as a logistics shift. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, that that's a wholesale government, mm. everybody decision. Yeah. Um, because in America, a lot of it's subsidised um, by the government. So that that's a really big shift. But I think the other thing is, is whilst we negotiate um, tax changes, um, what growers can do is if you're sending a truck down to Melbourne or you're sending a truck to the markets and you've got a spare pallet space and you've got something to donate, don't leave that pallet space empty. Throw that pallet on. Even if it's 10 boxes, it doesn't matter. Um, So we work with a lot of people that do just that. We have a a group that are uh, based up in the the high country and when they send a truck down to market, any spare space, they throw things on for us. now, to them, it makes no difference at all um, in terms of the cost of running that truck. But for us, every kilo counts. And we work with transport, don't we? We get some yes. low bono or um, pro bono transport is really helpful. Mm. Well, speaking of trucks, we mentioned that big beauty that left, <laughs> the 14-tonne yes. tron, wonder that left Second Bite just a while ago. The driver is Dave, and we he was too busy to come in here and chat to us, and we didn't want to hold him up because he has de- special deliveries and pickups to do. But we actually have him on the phone. Dave, you're just about to pick up a huge delivery. What does it know? What does it feel like to know that you're driving around twenty eight thousand meals <laughs> for people in need? Oh, I feel very proud. I'm proud of what I do, and uh, I go home every day doing I've done something good for people. This is a nice thing. Yeah, really Every- nice Yeah, and everyone I've spoken to on the floor here said the same thing. I feel like what I do matters. When you're doing yeah. deliveries as opposed to pickups, Dave, what do people say to you? Like, how do they greet you? Uh, they, yeah, they're very happy to see you when you come and um, they're always looking for more food. They always want more and more and we try and give as much as we can to each, each agency. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, they're just happy to see you and what they get from us is a good variety of food. And, yeah, that's really good for them. So what sort of variety of food do you see on the back of the truck? It must change every day. Oh, it's everything. We, we pick up all sorts of different things from, yeah, supermarket stuff to um, fruit and veggies. Uh, yeah, lots of different things. Every day is a bit different. <laughs> wow. Dave, hey, yeah. mate, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much for the work that you do. Drive no safe. Worries. So we, as I said, we started out trying to raise $2,500 today. The way that you do that is you go to abc.net.au slash vicgives. So lots of people are calling in and wanting to know how to donate. You do that by going to abc.net.au slash vicgives. I'm going to hand this over to you, Simone, to read out the number that has come up that we have just raised so far. Because I don't think any of us today thought that in the hour that we were on air we could raise this much money. No, I can't believe it. Um, the, a lot of smiles in this room. We've So far we've raised $20,097. So thank you to everyone. Absolutely amazing. I Seriously, how great are our listeners? Thank you. Michael's in Essendon and he's called through. Good morning, Michael. You've been listening to this conversation. What prompted you to call? What's your story? Well, I would say that my story is circular to the extent that um, probably 20 plus years ago um, I ran a restaurant in the city um, and it was probably on the cusp of uh, food donation and we used to um, encourage our suppliers and also provide our excess food. In those days it was a, a mob called One Umbrella um, which is pretty much the same kind of thing. Um, and uh, probably um, 40 years later, um, I've got to a, a position where I'm probably um, occasionally relying on those kind of services to actually provide food because um, I'm too old to employ and... Um, trying to afford to buy food. And so you've seen that come full circle. 
and to know that you were once, yeah, in a position where you could donate, but also, I guess, to know that there are groups and organisations and charities, Michael, that you can go to to help you when you need them, that's as important in this conversation as well, to know when and how and who to reach out to for help. Yeah, look, absolutely. As I said, very happy and proud to have been able to, you know, make the donations initially but um, yeah. I suppose it's not until you get to the position yeah. um, later in life like where I am in um, that you understand that it is um, critical, it's absolutely yeah. crucial. Yeah. And I guess you realise the significance of what you did at the beginning and that idea of going full circle and that I guess leads into our next guests because Second Bite take all of the produce all of the fresh fruit and veds that I've seen pallets of milk and orange juice and all sorts of things and they deliver them to different community groups who can then pass that produce on to their locals and one of those groups is the Mornington Community Support Centre. The CEO is Ben Smith and one who started out uh, as a client, moved to a volunteer and now a staff member is Shelley Dawson-Bogue. A warm welcome to the two of you. Shelley, let's actually start with you because what Michael was just saying, he started out donating food and is now putting his hand up for food donations. You started out needing food donations and now you're there working ensuring that people get fed so that full circle has been the same for you yes yes so i immigrated to australia nine and a half years ago and when we got here i realized that cauliflower was more than 50 pence <laughs> and so yeah so we struggled for the first six six months that we was here so i used to go along to the local program in mornington and collect food and that then allowed me to get swim lessons for my kids two young children um, and I always said to them I'd give back. So I was then lucky enough to volunteer for them for five and a half years. And then even luckier to carry on working with wonderful people and then, yeah, become part of, yeah, an Isn't actual employee. So, so this yeah, is what, very I mean, fortunate. This very snowball fortunate. effect that we've been talking about yeah. today, it's on so many different aspects. The Mornington Community Support Centre, I just want to read out a little bit of, I guess, what their mission statement is. And it says here, doing good and being kind. Practically, we leave people better than we found them. Financially and emotionally, we're here to help people not only survive, but thrive. And Ben Smith, as the CEO, when we were chatting before off air, you said fundamentally what we're about is connecting people. Yeah, 100%. And I think what we find is that people come to us with the most amount of courage. That come, yes, it come takes to seek courage support. to ask for help. Yeah. You're so true. And so we need to honour that, that courage and, and to... When, when somebody comes to us, and it could be for a variety of different reasons, from food assistance to financial to educational to emotional, and I think what we're trying to do there in Mornington is to provide enough programs with enough care and love uh, to the people that come to us um, in order for us to meet the need that they are experiencing right now. To go to a charity, to knock on someone's door, to walk up to an individual and say, I need food, it takes all sorts of levels of courage and I don't know whether the average person actually has the courage to be able to do that and would quite often put themselves at risk or go hungry or just simply not put themselves in that position out of pride, dignity, all sorts of things. And I think that's what works so well with one of our, with one of our programs is we just take people as they are. We make them feel welcome. It's not about what you need from us today. It's how we can just chat, connect, be comfortable with each other, and then it's a bonus that they get to walk away with a bag of food. Which, for me personally, it's all about making them feel and see how amazing they are. And then, yeah, have a loaf of bread, you know, have some milk. It's kind and of like leaving mums yeah. sometimes, yeah, you yeah. know, or your nana or whoever exactly. it may be. And at the end, they say, and here, take this bag of food yes. with you. <laughs> I just want to make people smile. And I think that's what's so lovely about food is it's just an instant connection to people. Everybody needs it. Mm. Yeah, we, we all need it. Just some of us can't always afford it. So, and honestly, a loaf of bread can just give somebody the most amazing smile. So then... That's what makes our crew of volunteers and the centre work so well is because 
we see it, we feel it, we breathe it. It's when you came to Australia, did you have any intention, idea that this would be where you would end up Then this is the sort of work that you would end up doing? No, 100%. Not. And volunteering isn't such a big thing in the UK. Um, so, mm. yeah, for me to yeah even find this sort of food program in the beginning was amazing to think that it all goes to waste from Tesco's and Sainsbury's in the UK to, yeah, now volunteering, having amazing friends and a great workplace. Yeah, it's can just I, phenomenal. Can I just add in something here? Because um, when, we, when we think it's now one in three Australians, it means that all of us in this room yeah. will know someone and yeah. we, might, we might not know that they actually are looking and having to need, um, having to go to a place to get some assistance because of what you were talking about before, Ben. You know, it's very, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of people don't want to talk about where they've found themselves at the moment with the economic situation mm -hmm. being what it is, to make a decision on whether or not you feed yourself and your family or buy medicine mm -hmm. or pay your bills. You know, it, it's very tough for a lot of people. One in three, we, we must all know people who are seeking support at the moment. And food is that great level up where you can then talk and open up. And like Simone, you said at the beginning of the program, you then can have a chat and have a conversation exactly. and connect people to other services. Yeah. The importance of food, Ben, in the work that you do at the Mornington Community Support Centre, does that then open up the conversation and the doors for the additional support that's needed? Uh, without a doubt. And I think what we've seen in, in the last year or so with the expansion of our community cafe on site is mm -hmm. that when we offer another door for people to walk through, such as a place like that where they can come in and receive a, a meal and a coffee and some warm, smiling faces, that, you know, after a couple of visits like that, then we start to see the the doors open up for them in, in a way that says, oh, actually, you know, I, I heard about this program that you're running over there or I heard that there's this... There's trust. Exactly. And I think what, um, what Second Bite has enabled us to do is really expand those meals. And so um, I think the very own Matt Preston would be very impressed with our program there in terms of, you know, we, we get this food. It doesn't matter what you comes You've got to make in. something with it's it. It's a mystery box every week. <laughs> and, and it's, it's, it's really about, um, you know, a, a couple of volunteer cooks literally take whatever is given and they turn it into amazing... I love that. A mystery box every... What, what's some of the best dishes that you've seen I, created? I took a picture of one of the labels the other day and it was the South, uh, the South Seas Sweet Potato Soup. Uh, and it had a little label under it to only be eaten under a coconut tree. And it it was literally just the, the guys having a great deal of fun making food. And I, I think what, what they've been able to do is make sure that people get sustenance as yeah. well as the company that they're receiving in those spaces. And I love the idea of a mystery box. So when I had a tour when I got here earlier, I went into one of the cool rooms and there was this incredible massive box of produce. Now, I have to say, it looked like a festive feast. There was some of the most exotic fruit you could imagine. <laughs> there was dragon fruit. There was fresh stone fruit. Oh, but tucked up in the corner, right, in the the side there was a durian and I'm thinking okay you get a durian fruit for those who don't know what durian fruit is you, if you don't cut those the right way there will be an evacuation and yeah. the local CFA will be sent so what happens if you get sent a durian and do you get durians often no, I don't know about durian but we do it's actually important that we get a variety because yes, we're yes. a multicultural state country you know we have when we started we didn't really understand that part of what we were doing and how important it is to be able to offer a variety of food have you seen that shift to be able oh. to, to offer culturally appropriate food now does oh, that make definitely. it harder to get the donations yeah when these guys talk about the mystery box we talk about the surprise chain um every day <laughs> here is different so today it might be watermelons and tomorrow it's um chicken um we're never quite sure what we're getting on any given day but yes the biggest change and the biggest learning through covid for us um is not only anybody and everybody um, can be subject to food insecurity. Your Australians are about two paychecks away from being under stress. So in this current environment, um, with one in three, as Simone said, you know people, you're looking at people, your family, your co-workers, somebody um, is struggling. But what we also learnt was there are so many different groups. So in the, in the good old days, um, you just gave people food and they had to be happy for what that is. But these days, not everybody eats meat. Um, or if they do eat meat, they might want halal meat um, because that's important to them. Or they might be a celiac and they can't drink yeah. milk. Mm. So one of the things that we're finding is that there's more and more diversity in what we need to be sourcing and looking for in companies um, like Josh's Eggs that we have to work with. Um, and it makes it tough. Yeah. 
This message, it says, I'm a volunteer at a food and care program in Eagle Hawk Uniting Church, just near Bendigo. All the conversation that I've heard this morning is so real to me and to those who use our program. We have lunch on offer as well as a listening ear for sharing and maybe you might need some free clothing. It's a wonderful time we spend together each week and our people make lifelong friends. We use each other food outlets for supplies, our church as well. We're all extremely generous. Last year we hosted a Christmas luncheon for all of our friends as well. Great work. Keep up the great work, says this message. And lots of people saying, I have just donated. So can we say to Dax, who's just said he's donated, and to so many other people who have said that they have donated, thank you. You've still got time over the last couple of minutes. You can go to abc.net.au slash gives. And the reason why I'm laughing, who wants to do the honours and read this one out? Let, I'll do this one. Um, so the money raised so far is $25,947. So Thank you. $25,947 has been raised in under one hour. The aim over the month is to raise $250,000. That's real to groups and to organisations like you, Ben, and to Shelley. This is not just numbers that we're throwing around. These are people that you are feeding and that you're looking after. Oh, and it's, it, is, it is so wonderful to see people respond. And it's not a real, it's not a real surprise, I think, to any of mm. us who work in the space that Australians, and, and in particular the conversation our listeners, are, are extremely generous. But they're the best listeners going around. Exactly. <laughs> and I really do think that... We, we dig deep when, when we hear yeah. these stories. And I think it's because we care for one another. And, mm. and so regardless of the headlines that we see every single day, when we cut through that stuff, we do care for one another. And I think, you know, the, the volunteers that come through our doors and that want to... The, the, the idea of giving back is pretty significant for people. But I think even beyond that, I think that's just the language that we use. I think beyond that, it's about connecting it. with people. Yeah, I and I think right. when, when we do that, we just get rid of all of the other stuff that we we think is important and feeding each other is, is I reckon they just bad. heard their, their exactly. mouth that we've made too, too. <laughs> Ben thank you so much for the work that you do in your community group as well and Shelley thank you for starting out for having the courage to ask for help for volunteering and now you know giving back to your community as well so thank you so much for taking no, the time to come down today thank you guys because oh. without the connection that I've built with Shanti and who's our agency coordinator Without that relationship and without her wanting to understand what we do, how we run and the people that we connect with, without that connection, internal connection, you know, our clients wouldn't, wouldn't have as much as they do. So honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, it's amazing and a privilege to work oh, with Second Bite. Absolutely. absolutely. We, we try and think of ourselves as a family, you know, the Second Bite family. We talk about that all the time and people come and go and um, we've always tried to understand what the various charity partners' needs are and do what we can. Um, we can't always do exactly what is required, mm. but we try hardest. Well, who would have thought back in 2005 <laughs> when you loaded up the back of your car to deliver food that you saw going to waste, that here you would become one of Australia's largest food suppliers to charities. A huge congratulations, Simone. Simone Carson, who is the co-founder of Second Bite, to Lucy Coward as well, to the COO. You must be all so incredibly proud and privileged to work uh, where you do and to be able to help the people that you do. We started out today's program on 7,460. In just one hour, we raised $31,567. That takes our total to $39,027. Don't forget, you can go to abc.net.au slash vicgives if you want to donate. My name's Rochelle Hunt. It has been an absolute privilege and pleasure to be here today to witness just how everything gets in and out of your warehouse here in Heidelberg. May this warehouse be shut down and a bigger one, <laughs> twice the size, open up around the corner. A huge congratulations Thanks. to all thank of you, you, thank you And thank you to everyone who donated today. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, take care and I'll speak to you soon.